story, as it turns out, was crucial to our evolution, more so than opposable thumbs. Opposable thumbs let us hang on. Story told us what to hang on to. Lisa Cron. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. One of the things that I was thinking about when I was discussing the arts with some of my friends is we haven't discussed the history behind where writing came from and where it's headed next. And understanding your roots in any art form will help you excel. We're going to take it by theme, starting, of course, with storytelling and prehistory. Things before writing, things that we know because we discover small little artifacts as archaeologists go out and hunt. A lot of what we're discussing today are theories. We encourage you to do your own research, to dive deep and figure out what you like, what you believe, and what you can apply to your own writing. My resources for researching this were Lee Child's The Hero, where he talks about the origin of the hero, and he makes a lot of good points as far as how they approach the hero character, and also a glimpse into Julian James' bicameral mind. If you're looking for an ingestible way to look at that one, the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast has a great series on this. Aside from this episode... Every other topic we're going to discuss this month persists in some kind of way today. Because of the nature of history, even though we still have things like oral storytelling and some of the ways that they communicated story, because it's prehistory, we don't actually know fully what it was like back then. We don't fully know their stories. Those traditions don't continue today. That's where the transition is, is when we developed writing. Until we started also drawing sounds, there's no real markers as far as when we started telling stories. But there are a couple of phases we can surmise that took us to the point where we could start to create stories. Of course, the first is consciousness and to a basic extent, language. No matter your personal beliefs, there was a start to language somewhere. Once we started being able to convey ideas, that's when storytelling came into play. Because we could convey feelings, ideas, creations, instead of just, look, danger. If you think about how a dog thinks about the world... They aren't thinking about the past necessarily. It's really hard to punish a dog for something you didn't see them do in that exact moment. They don't really think about the future. They don't care. They understand food, treat. They understand some verbs like walk or drop it. But beyond nouns and verbs, there isn't a whole lot of thought process going on. And some dogs even less. This is where humans differ. We have memories We have the ability to look at what happened and tell a story to someone later. Evolutionarily speaking, this means I can see a red berry, eat it, think it's gross, throw up a bunch of times, and then see you reach for the red berry and go, wait, stop. You don't have to go through the same misery I did. 
There are a lot of things that helped humans stand apart from the animals, but it's pretty undeniable that story held a major part of that. Once we started to be able to develop story, the ability to communicate with each other, we also developed the ability to lie and miscommunicate with each other. You will see some of that in chimpanzees, where you'll see me, the chimpanzee, tell you, hey, there's a predator right behind you. You'll drop the banana and run, and then I get a free banana. So with the ability to lie about what happened in the past, those memories that we suddenly can communicate, and what's happening now, we then developed into the ability to craft lies as metaphors for the future, where we can show a representation of something in something else. Even the word metaphor is a metaphor. It means to carry across. We are saying this rock here represents you. This rock here represents me. Here's our plan of attack. So suddenly we began to see the world in more than just a black and white, I am me, you are you, food is food. We could craft plans, we could craft ideas, we could craft story through metaphor. With that comes the idea of other separate from self. There's a sympathy and a sense of other that then led to morals. This idea of, I shouldn't kill you because it's wrong. That's because we could finally understand people outside of ourselves. We could see others and relate. We could empathize through the use of story. And of course, with morals, with the teachings of this is right, this is wrong, you should do this, you should not do this, that almost always creates the idea of a hero, a representation of right, of good. At this point, I am telling you a story not necessarily about what happened to me, but about what this other person did when they saw the mountain lion. So I am telling you about someone who may or may not even exist, and they become the hero of that story. The idea of someone we admire doing something we can later mimic that saves our lives is a large part of what made language and therefore story vital to human survival. And this is what we do know about most oral storytelling in prehistory. It was always about survival in some way. It was about teaching the next generation how to go about their lives to live the longest. You avoid the dark growl in the forest. Sometimes that started to get represented not by a creature that people knew, like a mountain lion, but by a dark entity that could hunt you down of gods and monsters. Most of what we know about this phase of storytelling history is assumed and comes in the form of storytelling verbally. We can look at cave paintings and see this picture, this picture, this picture, and assume these connected to tell a story. You had a narrator with a torch wandering through these caves telling the story that is marked down on the walls. That is as close as we now get to understanding that kind of storytelling. 
And every generation told these stories in a slightly different way to represent the troubles that they faced in that time. So there were always similarities, but it would grow, it would develop. We haven't quite reached the level of gods, of larger things than humans, because monsters were larger than humans enough. They were big, scary enough. Next episode, we'll talk about gods and possible supernatural allies that helped create stories in that regard. But mostly, we're talking experiences, certain things that could happen, certain things that have happened. So when we get to story, especially the age where we have heroes and monsters, this is what really started the process of creating the stories that we know today. It's the beginning of the hero, of the Herculeses, of the Frodo's, of the Harry Potter's. Those stories that we now consume every single day in all sorts of different ways, whether that's written or, again, going back to oral storytelling through audiobooks, we get to benefit from how these stories developed way, way before time, way before known history. If you look at a lot of the books out there, especially stuff written prior to the turn of this century, almost all of it is written in past tense because that helps us believe it actually happened. Before then, language is all now. There's only one tense, and that is happening right now. There are only nouns and verbs. But once we developed this idea, the ability to think into the past, to think into the future and see possibility, then we started creating other tenses, those past tenses, the future tenses, this will happen, this could happen, this did happen. The language changed and grew and developed just like language today continues to develop based on the needs of the people at the time. Ultimately, language is about communication. What are you trying to communicate to this other person? If you're writing it down, there is a loss in tone and inflection that can then be implied with other things like punctuation. But at the very beginning, at the roots of humanity, regardless of how you view it, language was key in helping life thrive, helping consciousness thrive. God spoke and stuff happened. So you have an incredible power as an author with the ability to just write. With great power comes great responsibility. Ah, good old Spider-Man. But in order to communicate to other people, you first have to communicate to yourself, which means that every time you write, you write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 